0: Welcome, one and all, to Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar. Spin up a stool, mix up a drink, cast a listening ear, and get to going. Tonight's topic will be generational bias. This is something that I've been thinking about for a bit, and it's a complex subject for a lot of different reasons. Uh, One of them is that depending on what your generation is, you may or may not understand the implications of what that means to any other generation. It's almost like a level of partitioning between the generations as far as knowledge is concerned and his- historical events are concerned. And when it comes to things that are long running, If they have bled through into the present day, each generation's perspective on that particular event or ongoing event is going to be completely different because of the ready access to information that they have. I honestly don't go out of my way specifically to delve into things unless it's happening next door to me. But when it comes to more groundbreaking things or something that's a lot more earth shaking, you know internationally speaking, it's hard not to at the very least look sur- look at least surface deep on something that may or may not have ripple effects outward into my current my, my you know con- my er- immediate reality. As it were, it's something that's, I, I've, I've wondered if there were any real solutions to those particular problems, if it's purely something that has to be done based on uh, willpower to go and look into those things, or if it's just the specific reliance on information streams that may or may not give a full picture on something. And I wanted to discuss that tonight as it's kind of been an ongoing headache for a lot of different people, depending on the type of material you're talking about, but it's also the amount of effort put in by individuals of different generations to understand the full context of what's going on. So I, 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 I pass it over to you, Orlando. How, how do you, how do you perceive these kind of things?
1: This unfortunately is inevitable. <clears throat> As we are creatures who tend to forget much of our history, but also have a uh, general awareness of our perceptive world, this only comes natural. I mean, after all, it's difficult for a person to to even care, let alone know of uh, of thing of situations that go on of. 10 to 15 miles away, let alone 10 to 15,000 miles away. Um, So this comes is to no shock to me that there would be uh, biases that even span across generations. Let's get the, let's face it here. We have only so much information that a person can absorb at a time and depending on your own personal biases uh that will affect how you transfer that information onto the next generation over time and the and that generation that comes that comes forward uh will have information that will both be dropped and obtained given their new perspective on things this only comes natural so as we go on in particular certain events are going to be lost to uh certain generations unless they actively seek out this information themselves which isn't always the case it ends up being where eventually great bits of information is going to be lost to time. And that doesn't necessarily, and given our technology nowadays, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not somewhere recorded. It's more on people will not always look for that information, even if it's readily available for those to, uh, to learn it.
0: It's a fair assessment. I think think the problem with the passing on of that particular information from generation to generation is it becomes a informational game of telephone across time where the very fabric of what's being transmitted changes each generation who carries the message forward. And that, in my that, in my opinion, is the most dangerous aspect of it, because it's not the loss of information. If you can keep the core understanding of what's being uh, being reciprocated, there's a level of baseline that you can keep and you can maintain as things get progress forward into the future. The problem I have is bastardization or uh, corruption of a message to the point where it stops having the same intrinsic value it started with, and becomes something either wholly different or wholly monstrous, as it were.
1: Well, that and- naturally that naturally depends on the biases of the of the holders of the information. You can't keep um, unless you. Well, unless every holder of that information is, is, well, is well-versed enough that they have a non-biased view of that information, then eventually that information is going to be uh, distorted in some way, shape, or form. If we look at an example, the history of the Three Kingdoms, uh, that was written by a uh, a scholar short dur- during the Three Kingdoms period era. And it was, over the years, it has uh, drastically changed. While the history is still very much alive and the most accurate uh, source of, uh, of history of that time period, there are many different uh fictional historically fictional uh, accounts of that era um that persist within uh Chinese culture today one of their famous books for example is the Romance of the three kingdoms by Lu Guangzhong uh his his book in is one of the most famous uh f- uh books of uh, literature in China and it is is often quoted as uh, as a source in uh, in the his- when it comes to the history of the Three Kingdoms. Despite the fact that much of its tales and depictions of many of the historical figures in there are either exaggerated or completely false, it also has false events that have, uh, that were recorded in there. So it only comes to go that over time, generations, due to political social and uh, economic discourse tends to shape how
0: information is
1: transferred
0: over the, over the millennia. One of the major things with the Romance of the Three Kingdoms is uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's kind of funny if you look at the actual name of the, the title of the book because it's a very romanticized viewpoint of that history. It, it it makes you wonder the percentages of how much was actually legitimate history and how much of it was just overblown for the purposes of hyperbole
1: true fair enough fair enough
0: but that's the problem with 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 a historical perspective i think the the the, the necessity to add the flourishing for, to grip a reader to be able to flip the pages and understand the characters within no matter how you know legitimate those characters end up being versus their actual real life counterparts is something that comes with the necessity to sweeten the pot so to speak or you know add make something much more saccharine more palatable to a less refined taste When it comes to that kind of stuff, it's fine to a point because you rarely hear about Chinese history outside of China in that context. So there's not nearly as much necessity for anybody who isn't already a buff in those particular fields to really want to go and delve any further than that for whatever purposes they they would seek. It it's it's that one more has more of a regional restriction attached to it, more as or I'm sorry, regional interest to it. Than anything else, but m- when it comes to historical data, there shouldn't be the, the every all of the groundwork should re- should remain the same because it's all the same information regardless. The problem ends up being isn't isn't that the the data is transmitted incorrectly when it comes to that because newspapers still newspaper articles still exist in libraries. And scans of different documents still exist in those contexts, with all of the information set set in some format that can be carried forward. And we don't really have an oral history anymore when it comes to our own histories because it's not it's not a necessity anymore. For better or worse, that could be its own topic in and of itself. You know, the death, the death of, of, of of historical transmission by technology because i've i've listened to many interesting conversations on that particular topic and would love to delve into that eventually but as far as this is concerned i feel like it really ends up being a colored perspective based on lifestyle and the gravity of of events versus the each versus the generation that's actually viewing them that creates the distortion on that level. It's not a distortion on the. It's not as much of a distortion on the transmission as it is in the reception, and that really what ends up being something that concerns me. And eventually, we'll get to our actual example and the thing that we that actually sparked this conversation in the first place. But at base right now, I just want to focus on the 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 generics of it before we get into it.
1: Fair enough.
0: Continue. So, as I said before, the, the the concept of the generational game of telephone, if you know what a, the term the game of telephone is, um, the concept is this. For those who don't know, outside of our, our little conversation here, uh, the game of telephone is the concept that a person can have a message on one end tell it to another person, and they will continue to call other people, and it slowly but surely changes in context and gravity as it gets passed along from ear to ear. With regards to something as far as the generational game of telephone, it's that, but across a larger chasm, because you're crossing generations, you're crossing decades in some cases, and you, it creates the gulf that we see in a lot of groups when it comes to understanding. And it ends up creating a weird tribalism of people who are, aren't willing to expand out to understand further what the, what the full gravity and, under, and context is. And it could be because of just disinterest. It could be because of zealotry, at least by what I've seen. Or it could just be pure ignorance. In most cases, that's what ends up happening with with a lot of people. They that ends up
1: being the most damning reason, if you ask me. That is like it's it's the worst and most offensive reasoning. If that's how your perspective on certain information, uh, if, if that's how you collect information, that would be your most that would be the most offensive reason, actually.
0: No, absolutely. But you have to understand something. When you have a specific subsect of people who are presented this information, you really have to be aware of how interested they're going to be in it in the first place. And you also have to understand that not every group is going to care about that particular information for various reasons, be they, you know, environmental or... It could just be vocational in some cases. It may not have anything to do with who they are as a person or what they do for a living or in their daily lives. So it it's easy for them to brush it aside and be caught unawares in a situation where it might eventually pop up. It's not worth it for any for your lay your layperson to go and absorb all of this historical data or or you know, event information at all times because it'd be pointless for them to hold on to and retain all that information for daily life. You only hold on to what you need when it comes to uh, when it comes to information when you're living day by day in that regard. So I don't fault anybody to to that point if it's willful ignorance, like they have access to the information and they're going out of their way to not look further into it. That's when I start to have my problem, and you and I can agree wholeheartedly on it. When Absolutely. it's something where it's just residual ignorance, where it's they're not going any further because they don't see that they they don't need to. The, the the concept of the normie, as it were, it's it, it, I don't fault those people for it because it doesn't affect their daily lives. The people who are in a particular sphere and should have the whole story but willfully choose to remain ignorant of it for the purposes of some, some obscure advantage that they can hold over someone else or something they believe will, that will be an advantage, those people are foolhardy and they don't really understand the, the context of what a, what a good advantage ends up being. They're, they're not going to get a return on their investment in most cases with that regard. I agree wholeheartedly. I figured I would bring this up to you because you're kind of the historical buff of the two of us. And it, it this is, this is kind of up your alley with regards to the, the, the kind of discourse that happens, especially in historical conversations, like the ones we have from time to time. And it's interesting to kind of dissect the, 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 the paper trail as it were of, of, historical information as it goes forward because again the the concept that you and i have always been wholesale 100 percent invested in is those who those who do not remember the past are doomed to repeat it is something that we hold sacrosanct at this point it's something that is almost a level a level of worship to that thought process because we understand For the same reason that a that that a baby understands that touching a hot stove burns they're not going to go out of their way to touch it again after that point if they don't there's other learning problems that are in place but when it comes to greater uh historical information there the gravity of that is so much more monumental and farther reaching to culture and the different societies that exist in the world that it's almost foolhardy to ignore the past in favor of some ill-conceived notion that you that you'll acquire some sort of temporal wealth or 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 power in in favor of not paying attention to what's come forth before us.
1: Indeed. I agree. There's just so there is to just like any other, uh, just like any other field of study, history in particular is extremely, and that's because humanity as a whole is indeed complicated, and you can't just simply, uh, answer, uh, difficult questions with a simple answer. On Un- unlike the idea that, uh, uh, simple answers are often the most uh, often the most obvious, uh. It's not always the case in history because it's not always uh, it's not always the simple answer. Although, if there's anything about simplicity, it doesn't change the magnitude of the of the effect that that simple answer can have in on uh, on historical events.
0: That's true, and and I believe the the, the statement you were searching for, uh, it's Occam's Razor. Correct, the simplest yes. answers are often the the correct ones. When it yeah. comes to, when it comes to straightforward situations, that is absolutely the case. When it comes to something much more nuanced or much more layered, it's difficult to be able to trend to, to verbalize a lot of the. Different peaks and valleys that come with those particular um, yeah, events, as it were. And I think for any given, and, and it's a challenge, and it's something that I don't envy journalism. Journalists, at least of you know those have gone by. I don't really have favorable attitudes towards current journalism as it is. But that's more of a personal mm-hmm. per- yeah, perspective exactly. on things. i'm sure you feel just as unamicable about it
1: yeah absolutely
0: but the people who had to write who had to create news articles and try and get a general understanding condensed down into a title or to try and get as much information in a you know a certain amount of, fo- of footage on a piece of paper a piece of newspaper I don't envy the. I don't envy any of those people who had to try and make that work. But at the same time, I think people who came before had a much greater understanding of the value of the transmitted information in those in in the effort put into those. Whereas any 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 schmo can put together a blo- a vlog or a blog now an and make opinion pieces that people are reading as as actual news even if it says opinion at the top of the of the title bar and i think that's one of the major headaches i see that has diluted the historical information web as it were for our generation and gen z because there genuinely isn't any real way to sift through what is opinion versus what is raw actual data, because no matter how hard you try, even as people who are writers or actual journalists, it's hard not to color things with your own biases. Agree. Absolutely
1: true. And it is the ultimate cost that comes with uh, the recording of uh, current events you it is almost impossible to try and make a completely unbiased article about any issue because it requires context and your own personal Uh, understanding on the whole situation combined with your own personal beliefs do often incorporate into the writing of said articles. This is why you, this is why when people uh, try to argue that you should be as uh, neutral as possible or that you should be absolutely neutral, I just laugh at their faces because at the end of the day, they're always going to incorporate some sort of bias into the, uh, into the, into their writing. Now, I only know this because I've taken – see, this is my bias here. I've taken uh, uh, world history courses where one of the things we had to do was identify biases in uh, important documents because the one thing that we learned is that just about every document has its bias. It's just not
0: always easy to stomp the bias. Too true. Too true. I think at that point, th- this is from personal experience, I have gone out of my way to listen to or watch segments that go against my confirmation biases. And it's something that I personally try to go against every day that I can because I genuinely don't just want one side of the story Absolutely. because in a lot of, in a lot of cases and it's something that I've held fast to for a very long time is the, the, the one singular truth between one side and the other side, the truth relies somewhere in the center of the conversation. There are parts from both that will assemble a greater picture to most people if they're but willing to look past their own prejudices and biases. And for me, that's the reason why I will go out of my way to read liberal material, heavy left-wing material, as much as right-wing material, because in between those is likely the actual truth of the, of the, the subject matter that I'm reading into because both sides are going to have the information. It's it's inherent that there's a certain amount of information in there, whether the, the recipient or whether the, the, cre- the author plans to have it or not. You can only fabricate so much before the truth starts to seep out. And as somebody who f- tries to find balance, at least in a lot of the things in my life, as far as information is concerned, especially... It's something that compels me forward to be able to find that information within the cracks, as it were. And that's and not that even too. so much of a t- and that's not even so much a tinfoil thing as it is a the truth is always in between the lines of what's either being said or not being said, as it were. No, you're absolutely
1: correct to do so because in every and every spectrum of the political uh, of the political sphere there is always going to be certain ideas and ideologies that are going to try and uh, alter your perspective or I should say influence your perspective on the story so when you read an article that seems to have that seems to focus on certain parts or certain ideologies you can understand you know, there are There is always going, that's going to be something that you're going to have to uh, uh, take into account as you look for the information that you seek. Everything is going to have a spin. And I think it is uh, wise of you to be looking into multiple sides of the political spectrum on the same story because this way you can have a clear picture and understanding of what is actually going on without all of the fluff, because
0: that's just going to be there no matter what you read. It's true. And I've, I've confronted my own confirmation bias several times in my life. And especially of late when I've had, you know, nothing, nothing much to do with the COVID situation. It's something that even and I say this as somebody who isn't the most well-read individual when it comes to current events and things, as far as like deep diving is concerned, even if you did just a cursory, you know, Google or whatever search engine you use, I'm not going to judge. And you, you, you just at the very least, just look just slightly below the surface level of a lot of the information being presented because one of the major headaches that a lot of people have is that that people just don't read beyond the the, uh, the the title of a story, and it's something that's been happening for almost ten years now. Especially as vlogs and blogging and and internet news has been a thing, people would rather stick to their biases and allow a, allow a a story title to basically dictate how they feel and think about stuff. Even if the, the, the actual meat of the information is very much in the story itself. It's a matter of, can I get, can I get as much information as I personally need without taking time out of my day to further delve into this situation? And mm-hmm. it creates a dangerous a schism between the actual Truth and the Headlines that people just adhere To that May or may not be Corrupting their perspective on something Beyond what they need to do And well, okay. much
1: more than that
0: Go ahead oh, it
1: was, Well of course that happens to be the case uh, one, one Of the things that The modern era has uh, Granted Was the um, the expected pressures of of how quickly society moves, which forces into one of two different uh, um, two different sides, where either one is going to uh, tr- try to take part in the uh, in a discussion as informed as possible, or one is just going to glance over the information and just not. And just put ever whatever, whatever biases they have over a particular subject. because at the end of the day, we all share the same amount of time. but how we use that time is all is uh, different in every in each of our lives. Now, one thing that writers have taken full advantage of is how they how they word out their titles on the articles they write because the one thing that you can like you said confirmation bias is a thing and it is especially strong for those who refuse to read the articles that just happen to pop up in front of them so what a good writer needs is or I should or I should say what a heavily biased writer needs is a store a title that will interest the reader does not necessarily interest them into into reading the article itself but just enough for them to get into the discussion because what is a better way to uh to cause discourse and spread misinformation than to just have a person uh determine what information is in the article with the simple title
0: Interesting viewpoint.
1: Well, it's something that we've, uh, we, I have personally, uh, seen when it comes to, uh, people writing cert. It's the same, is the same idea with, uh, uh, with, uh, videos on YouTube, for instance, where you don't necessarily watch the entire video. You just look at the thumbnail and the the title of the video and you somehow determine what that what that information is about now you could argue that it is clearly not the best idea to go about with things and i wholeheartedly agree but it is an you can't deny that it is an effective tool in getting the discussion started whether you uh, whether you like how informed the people who discuss it are or not, it at least gets the ball rolling.
0: Fair enough. Now, getting into the more specifics of what we were going to be talking about, the ramping up of the Palestine-Israel conflict of late is the thing that was the catalyst for this conversation and is something that I wanted to talk d- deeper on as we kind of bookend the generational uh, or millennial generation you're the younger branch of the millennial generation whereas I'm much older and our perspectives on these things are, are potentially different or at least slightly different from where where each other would be as far as our understanding of the whole conflict is concerned. And that was where I wanted to go with that. Okay. So what is your understanding on the
1: situation then, if that's what you'd like to discuss?
0: Um, so my perspective on it is, the, and I'll give you a, I'll give you the, 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 what I know as far as my actual information of the conflict so, that, that area was originally owned by the British Empire. Am I correct in that assumption? At one point, yes. Uh, at, at one point, Britain eventually abandoned the area and left it to the uh, two different factions who were there, who were, uh, two at that point were living together in relative harmony, as far as I knew. The problem ended up being is at that point... There was a back and forth as to who actually had full claiming ownership of the area. Is is that where I'm? Am I far off on that? You are correct, and that's what set off the initial conflict that would eventually er spark into where we're at now. Obviously, there's a bunch more attached to it. Yes,
1: there there's much, much more, much more to the conversation at hand.
0: Now, but this from- is the distillation of the of the parts that I'm aware of. Obviously, there's more. I, I'm aware of the different moving parts.
1: No, I, I understand. I understand. Now, but if you let- if you want to delve
0: further, please feel free. You're kind of a historian between the two of us.
1: <laughs> now, this is my perspective as I did do a little bit of studying of it back when I was still attending school. So the Palestinian and Israeli argument has been raging on actually not necessarily recently. This is a centuries-long conflict. Now, the most recent part of history happens to be as a result of World War II. So back around that back around the 1940s, Britain still had main control over. The Middle Eastern areas, as it was part of the empire that they had con- that they were able to claim from the Ottoman Empire during World War One. Now, d- due to the uh, Holocaust, uh, plans were uh, in plans were in were made to try and get the uh, the Jewish population their own official state where they can protect themselves, and the area they decided to choose was the, the area that would be, uh, Israel. This was already a problem as it was already inhabited by the Palestinians. And when this was carved up by the United Nations, 1940, I want to say 1949, uh, this would immediately, uh, this would immediately be, uh, um brought with backlash by the palestinians already living there they in fact immediately started a war with uh with israel and several wars have been done on israel since then over that lot la- from over the over that land now this is like i said before this is not a a a, a, me- a purely recent uh event in fact, if we go further back to, like, say, the Crusades, this has always been an area of contention between Muslims, Christians, and Jewish people. Israel, in particular, is home to, uh, if I'm correct, uh, Jerusalem, the holiest city of, of in overall of all three faiths which is something that um, both the muslims and the christians have been vying over for centuries. The jewish people just happen to be in the middle of this crossfire as well. So this is there's a, it's a bit more complicated than that as well I if, I'm, if I want to be honest but I'm not a I'm, I'm not an official historian but understand that this go, this has deep This goes, this has deep rooted events over the course of centuries that you cannot just simply unravel with uh, a modern lens.
0: And I think that's where the distortion lies with this, with regards to this, and has created the two different outside groups that back. The either side of the conflict as far as the christians are concerned they've kind of been cast aside in favor of the two or the two main factions who've kind of been at each other's throats for the majority of our lives as it were and thus has created this this bias and and this and, and this fissure between the two two vying parties there are people who believe that Palestine is the, the rightful Runners of that area Whereas there are Actual people outside of the Jewish community Especially who Feel that Israel is, is The Jewish people's right by, Area by right by province Or providence I should say And It's one of the, it's one of the Perpetual co- contests That most people Either have a stake in to a point Or have completely brushed aside for whatever reason and just stopped thinking about because it just feels like something that's never going to be ironed out, like the two Koreas scenario.
1: Exactly. Well, that's the thing that – it's not just Korea. Crimea as well. There are so many different – there are many different – Palestine and Israel are not the only two groups vying for – uh, the same land in Europe or in the world. There are many different groups of people that are vying for the same plots of land and they each have viable reasons to claim stake over it. Now, how you want to determine who has the actual right, I think, at personally, in my personal opinion, I think that's irrelevant at this point because no matter how far back you want to go on, you can't make the argue, you can make the argument for either side to have equal claim so in, in the case between israel and palestine this is not something that i believe that is that, that non israelites and non palestinians should get involved in this is my personal opinion of course it does not necessarily reflect both of our opinions but In my personal belief, it is a far too complicated system or a far too complicated history to determine who has the actual right. Because at the end of the day, whoever wins out in this conflict, the other side will oppose the results no matter what.
0: The problem with this kind of thought process, and I want you to understand, I agree with you. In in, uh, in definitely in spirit, with regards to the concept of outside forces, need not apply. The problem ends up being is that the effect, the strategic effect of Israel to uh, several countries' interests, uh, our own included, have created a urgency for us to back them in most cases. Uh, it doesn't seem that way with the current administration, especially with a lot of the alleged payments that have been given to uh, to Palestine and the viewpoint that are that the current president has on that that conflict. But overall, that is not shared by the by the the rest of the. Uh, political community one and the military complex two who views Israel as a effective bulwark in the Middle East, which has been a perpetual hotbed for uh, conflict at infinitum. And I think with regards to that, even if you wanted to take a neutral stance and let things play out, it's, not necessarily as cut and dry As we'd like it to be And this is from somebody who just doesn't see a reason To have a constant State of conflict in an area Because you, you, You're never going to have any flourishing When there's just constant bloodshed there's Agree There's just some things that we just Don't have any control over in regards To that and because of The natural Strategic value of that area it's much more there there's definitely a bias in favor of one side over the other in most cases not to say the entirety of the community and the world community feels that way about it especially within the areas where there is alliance with one side or the other there are always going to be opposing forces who who view up op- the opposite to those things agree i agree I don't know. It's like I said, there was something that I, 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 and I, and I personally uh, understand my own lack of understanding of the far reaching, you know, historical threads involving that particular back and forth. And it's something that I've conversed with other people who are older than me, who have a greater understanding of what the, the, the more, what those things, the further, information that they have access to because of their age so it kind of adds to my own understanding of things but at the same time it doesn't make anything clearer in the process and it's because as you said it's so far reaching that to actually really get an understanding of it and be able to make a fully unbiased decision on what would be necessarily the case you'd have to be a a a well-read historian with access to information that it goes so far into the past that at that point it would be difficult for you to be able to bring those, those conclusions to either side, to be able to make a, an effective statement because neither side would accept them regardless.
1: Exactly right. There's just going to be, you would have to acquire information from both sides be able to provide information, and then after all that, somehow make a determination on who has the cor- on who is correct and who is to uh, who is the right faction to uh, uh, to support. But that would require extensive study, extensive time, and based on how critical the situation is. I don't think you have that kind of time for it.
0: And I think that's what ends up creating an advantage for a, one faction or another is because there is a certain level of awareness that nobody unless they have a vested interest in one side or the other is not going to is going to delve that far in beyond what they what, what their own, own bias will allow them to do that. Not everybody's crazy like us and are willing to go, you know, a little bit further than most normal people. And I think that's the strategic advantage of a lot of, you know, higher authorities in that regard because they know that nobody's going to contest a lot of what's going on because they don't have to worry about somebody going too far down a rabbit hole, even if it's just legitimate information everybody has access to.
1: Well, the thing is you don't at this point have access to all the information. There are, there is plenty of, hi- there's plenty of history that is still left unknown simply because a lot of the inform, a lot of history has been burnt as a result of hundreds, if not thousands of years of conflict. So you don't have entirely everything. And then you can, and then you can uh, factor in religious history and context. Where, uh, if we go through that manner, uh, Israel doesn't really have any rights or claims to that uh, um, to that land when they invaded that, if you look at it from uh, an objective point of view, they invaded that land and conquered the people there, out of them ousted them out of that area and made it their own. Now, do you argue that thousands of years afterward, that they still claim ownership to that land when the peoples that they uh, that they conquered there uh, centuries ago are no longer out and about. Well, we're still dealing with the with the effects of conquest even here in the U.S. At that day, where we have Native Americans who argue that the land still belongs to them, and are fighting in courts to this day. On that on that notion, so where do you call? Co- where do you go from here? Just with several hundred years, and now you're dealing with this conflict between two factions that have th- that have potentially thousands of years of history, and this is before the, the Palestinians are a uh, are an ethnic group so we can't even argue the uh, you know the the religious tie to it because you know muslim uh, islam isn't uh, is is relatively young
0: uh, true and i think at that point that you, that's where you end up having that level of detachment for most people too is the, the, when you start opening up the, 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 the nesting doll and it just keeps going down and going down and going down as you open it in some vain hope, it's, it, it's, even if there is a conceivable end to that information where you could eventually form an effective you know, foundation of conclusion, it's not worth the effort to keep cracking open the dolls to keep trying to find that. exactly at least, by, at least by my reckoning
1: no no you're absolutely right where is the line on on what on what constitutes as legitimacy when it comes to historical
0: background i think uh, i don't want to make a hard and fast rule because you can't. You, you, you can't you
1: can't, you can't. That is not something, that is not an easy question for anybody to answer, let alone give
0: a definitive answer. But I can get in the ballpark at the very least and state that depending on your relation to the particular event, you only need to go at most two or three generations back worth of information, historical data, to be able to form a concrete understanding. And I say understanding, not conclusion, because conclusion means that everything is ironed out and and a decision has been agreed upon. And I don't think that that's even feasible within the context of what we're talking about. I'm just talking about being able to understand what's going on and if further information comes up or conflict, as it were, you can understand at least the, the, the basic bones of what's of what's being you know, fought over, as it were, because obviously needs and wants change over the course of history, over the course of time. And with those changes comes a change in perspective of the people who are experiencing it. And I think that's from an outsider's perspective is where you need to go and make those particular roots of understanding for yourself if you wanted to. And this is kind of a suggestion to anybody who wants to go and delve deeper than, you know, the, than the surface level for anything involving historical precedent or events, as it were. Don't feel compelled To go in unless you want to rabbit hole Yourself at which point go ahead Because I've done this I'm sure Orlando's done the same thing We've rabbit holed the internet and ended up in places That we didn't think we'd end up in With with information we didn't think we'd end up Looking into It just happens I don't and I think on both Of our ends it's probably for the better that we don't Know
1: Exactly right. Now, I your statement does indeed have merit. I will say, though, like uh, in playing doubles advocate is that it's that very time frame that you've uh, that you've made. Uh, I believe it comes. That is only something that only a freshly young generation can make because they can offer a new perspective on that information. Uh, on, that, on that history that older generations may not have, considering that the effects of their current events still have ties to previous events from history that recent.
0: I would agree with you to a point, and I say this only because there is going to definitely be a cutoff for where the, when you have generations that are still around that Agreed. don't have a vested interest in the current events. Oh, for but, sure. But but as it is, I would still say within three generations, we'll still have a fresh enough perspective to be able to formulate an understanding without being so bogged down by aged confirmation bias that they refuse to go refuse to go any further than their own understanding. Because yes, age kind of dulls you to the concept of 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 fresh and new concepts. And as somebody who's creeping into into their 40s, it's something I worry about every day with regards to my own understanding. I worry one day when I'm going to become so curmudgeonly that I don't want to go and invest myself in newer understandings, technologies, or information or perspectives. That's why I go out of my way to stay as up to date on those things as possible, not just for personal sake but for the sake of discourse with other people where there's they they don't feel they don't have any bias towards me specifically in saying oh well he's older so he's going to think this way i don't think anybody should allow themselves to be calcified with regards to their perspective and especially with regards to very you know heavy topics if there's further new data you should always be open to at the very least analyze it to be able to make a more complex understanding of what you're looking into. It's Not difficult. Good. It's difficult because we, we, we're all on, but we're all on uh, on, a, on a clock, but it's an, it's an investiture in, in, in a polite discourse that compels somebody to go and look into those things. And I think at that point, there should be a level of fruit, you know, bore of that further study, especially for people who are older and as, you know, the quote unquote set in their ways, it's something that you should always try and remain receptive to outside of that. Because again, survival tends to be something that we we all have in, in common with regards to age i think it becomes much more detrimental so there's a viewpoint of change of any type being bad and i don't think that that needs to i think that needs to be skirted or at the very least brushed away especially as medical science continues to press forward we and, and i know this kind of breaches into you know much other topics but that's something that i personally look at and say because I you know talking to older people myself who are much more set in their ways, it kinda saddens me that they're not open to understanding things because they believe that a particular pathway is the is the correct way, even if presented with you know empirical evidence to the contrary.
1: Why do you think that is?
0: Um It's a byproduct, at least from what I've observed. It's a byproduct of how they were raised, um, the current attitude or or the attitude of the society with which they were raised in and the cemented understanding that they've created for themselves as time has progressed. When, When you have your biases challenged, consistently you will never have a truly concrete uh, bias in place you'll always have biases but they're smaller in contrast to the greater biases that are generated by older generations it's why it's why people can people feel completely nonchalant by using racial slurs in the older generations because it was something that they never really had to contend with up into the, the particular areas because nobody ever really corrected them on those things till that point. And even those people who would correct them on it now, they view them as young and not understanding that, you know, that, uh, of the nuance that they, they alone believe that they have. It's, a, it's a detriment as much as it is a boon to them. Because it creates kind of a walled-off castle scenario for their perspective that they never have to deal with being eroded because no one's going to go out of their way because there's a certain level of view of, of older people that if they've lived this long, they obviously have wisdom, beyond, wisdom of and beyond their years that gives them insights into the world that they will never truly understand. When in all honesty, in most cases, that ends up being utter hogwash not saying there isn't wisdom in age. I'm saying that most people are bluffing.
1: (laughs) I think it's more on the grounds that they are already one foot in the grave that at that point they don't have lawn to deal with their idiocies anyway, because at fair nauseam, I do agree to an extent on, uh, on how you, on your reasoning behind it. I do. I I can't agree to that extent, but I'm also seeing it that. uh, that some people will just simply see that they're already, they're already going to die. So we don't have to deal with them for forever. So let them get, let them do what they want at this point. Because I've seen plenty of, uh, of uh, older, of, of older people who will spout out such nonsense and people will simply let them speak away without actually um without actually correcting them because at that point it's not even worth arguing with them. Not even not even worth it. So just let them have whatever uh diluted or uh simply incorrect thoughts, outdated thoughts that they may have. And I think that ends up being something that we all will have to have uh as time goes by. I think it's a uh uh an unholy rite of passage, if you will.
0: I would agree. I think one of the major headaches that I have with that sort of thing is it creates a undue level of leeway for those particular individuals. Of course. If you're expecting someone to pass on and you don't have to deal with them anymore, you're going to be waiting till the tenth of never for that individual to die. In that regard, what it's it, it's the watch pot never never boil scenario for mortality. If you're going to do that kind of thing, especially because I know a bunch of people who have that perspective on their own family members, their older family members, and they say it and you know chant it every day, and it doesn't make me feel good for them that they they feel they have to wait for a family member to expire for their way, their way of life or their viewpoint to have any considerable merit because all it's going to do is create the next generation who's going to view you in the same light as you view your elders. Institutional wisdom is something that needs to be passed on regardless, but when you look at people and all you see of them are just enemies to your to your way of living, you create a scenario where there will always be an enemy at your throat, whether it be the previous generation or the future generation. And you'll end up being the next generation who has the knife to their throat by their younger generation. It's a domino effect that doesn't need to continue rather than having that particular, you know, schism between the different generations. I just don't understand that level of, unless the person is mentally unwell, like, dementia or Alzheimer's people still have use in this world one of the major things that has always saddened me especially as a person as I've watched family members who passed on from old age is the feel is the the feeling of dejected uselessness that most people have as they age it's something that they go out of their way to try and fight at every opportunity until they you know their legs crumble out from under them and I, it's one of the saddening things for me specifically because we don't we all don't live forever at least not in physical form like this you know ai and you know brain scanning and all that stuff is a future is a future thing for a future time but why you wouldn't go out of your way to accommodate somebody like that so that they could continue fulfilling their usefulness up until their dying breath is perplexing to me at least, as a, at least as a humanist and as an egalitarian uh, ph- philosopher of sorts, I don't understand why you wouldn't want people to remain as useful as they want to be. And I, and I look at people like uh, Charles Schultz, who you know wrote Charlie Brown until his dying day. He literally wrote The Last Charlie Brown and passed on the week after. That's an individual who literally w- his life was attached to his usefulness. Why wouldn't you allow people to do that? I, I've had family members who had similar situations. They expired and they never retired because they refused to allow themselves to become obsolete. I I, I just don't understand. Maybe maybe you can give me shed some light on this for me.
1: Well, if I want to be cynical about it, and I usually am, uh, it's more on it, it's more on the narcissism of the young rather than the old. If you ask me, the. No matter, no matter which side of the ass uh, of life, no matter which stage of life you're in, uh, you're always going to have a uh, a more self-centered point of view, and you're less likely to be able to empathize with those who are at a different stage in life this is why we get the stereotype of the young always bashing on the old for being old and then you have the old bashing on the young for being ignorant fucks but i think that level of desire that the old is a uh, is a is a lingering desire to to remain uh to well like you said to remain functional because at one point Death is going to claim us all, and when death does so, that's when we'll truly become obsolete beings. None of us are use none of us are of any use dead. But the young, seldomly ignore, seldomly are aware of this, or at least are aware of it enough to consider just being a little more um, empathetic. To the elderly, because they don't realize that one day they will be in those same shoes, and then the ones who and and then they'll be seeing reflections of themselves on the young, mocking them for their age, just as they did to their elders many years before.
0: I think the sad part of that is is that there was that uh, there was in there was p- historical precedent. To the concept of of uh, elder reverence in many cultures, the long lived were viewed as revered sages, people who had people who earned their place among the old because they lived so long, and I think it's a byproduct of our society and the technology that we have that the information that those people had are no longer attached to them anymore, it's transmitted into the ether. You can pull up any bit of information that you want. It's all at your fingertips to a a nauseating degree in some cases. So the the reverence of, of the old has given into a burdensome viewpoint of infirmary as far as the elderly is concerned. And it's heartbreaking to that particular level, especially when you're dealing with people who are like older, older war veterans and things where it's just like, yeah, you fought a war. Fantastic. Now get the fuck out of here. We don't need you here anymore. You're just clogging up our systems. It's disgusting to look at that particular degradation of things. But at the same time, it's, it comes with the territory. We're at a point now in technology where, a lot of these people are no longer necessary to the to the framework of our of our society anymore, even as even though they do compromise the larger part of our voting blocks. It's, yep. it's a weird double edged sword that's kind of evolved from time, and it's something that as as a as an as a outside observer kind of saddens me. And at the same time. It, it feels like a foregone conclusion, almost inevitable.
1: It's only so because as you, the more that we find, the more that, the, the better we are able to, uh, uh, collect, process and store information, the less useful the older generation becomes because the only thing that remains really that is, uh, exclusive to the old is experience and when even that can be more or less replicated then essentially that perspective becomes far more cynical than any of us would
0: I think I think also something that is a that has happened recently that's kind of been a double-edged sword to me, and at least as far as technology is concerned, was I was watching a video where an elderly gentleman was looking at a uh, a, a tablet, and he was staring at an animated picture of his wife from like t- like thirty or forty years ago, and she was actively looking at him, and she was making facial gestures. And he, and, and it, and you, it was look, when you looked at him, it looked like he was looking at his actual wife and it fucking haunted me to look at that. It was, it was the uncanniness of it that kind of scared the hell out of me because that level of technology, it creates this false sense of security without ever really giving something of quality to the person that it's being used for yes he gets to see his wife in her in her in her prime it's not real it's not going to talk to him it's not going to tell him that he's you know that she that she misses him it's 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 a false a false uh, sorry the frustration here is kind of palpable for me no it's fine I, maybe maybe it's my cynicism maybe i just can't look at it for the purity that that's being presented but
1: yeah, it's not that's what i was about to say it's like maybe that's the case because in you're looking at it from a very rational perspective and you know fair enough more power to you but in that particular scenario you it doesn't really matter to that person if the whole simulation is fake it matters to what the person himself is experiencing and if it's enough to bring a, a special light to his, uh, to make his day, then perhaps it's worth it. Given the fact that he is on his no, he is on his last legs, I mean, if I want to think about it, I think I while I would be, I think in my older years, I think while I may not be able to see my mother again in, in all reality, considering the fact that she passed away over a decade ago while I was still a child. I think it would bring me to tears if I were to watch a program or I would experience a program where I would see a simulation of my mother. I wouldn't know what to do with that information. Now, logically, I would know that it's fake. It's not real. No. But I wouldn't... At the same time... I would emotionally, irrationally sympathize with that simulation.
0: Fair enough. You've given me a new perspective on that and I appreciate it.
1: Sometimes it's sometimes we, we often forget that uh, emotion has just as much importance as rational thought because When we try to become overly rational, we tend to uh, leave out uh, that just would that would just leave us uh, essentially blind to the situation at hand. And I think in this particular case, uh, Mm -hmm. there is the advantage that the young have over the old. But, you know. That's just me. Or maybe I should say, at least there are different aspects of emotional and and rational thought that prevails on different stages in life.
0: Fair enough, dude. You're giving me a bit to chew on with regards to that.
1: Fair enough. With that being said, I think we've had quite a bit tonight. And uh, and I thank you for bringing this topic up. It was quite, quite meaty. And uh, I think it was necessary.
0: No problem, dude. Glad Glad to have it. Thank you all for coming.
1: Thank you for joining us this evening, ladies and gentlemen. And we hope to see you next week. We have a brand-new topic ready for you, and uh, stay sober till then. Thank you for listening in to the Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar. We are humbled that you have given us your time to listen to us discuss things. If you would like to hear more from us, you'd like to see more from us, uh, I have personally a account on Twitter under the name of Ragnarok Knight. My co-host here also has an account on Twitter as well. He goes under the name of Punk Toast. We also have a Facebook page under the name of Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar if you would like to uh, check that out for updates on when we have our sessions.
0: We also have our voicemail link in the show notes. We will be having voicemails read during the course of our records going forward, as long as there are voicemails to be, re- to be listened to um, any further inquiries on that uh, do feel free to PM either of us on Twitter, or you can go through the actual Facebook page to ask us any queries as well. Thank you so much to all of you safe travels to you all cast off friends.